If you would like to support the podcast and get some extra content while you're there, head on over to patreon.com forward slash severe MMA podcast and sign up. From the rewatch to the Q&A, we will have loads of content every week. So sign up, patreon.com forward slash severe MMA podcast. And now, here's the podcast. Graham McDonald is an idiot. Sean Sheehan of severemma.com. He even has the audacity to call himself the quote-unquote pod god. This is Severe MMA. Severe MMA. Severe MMA. Severe MMA. Severe MMA. Severe MMA. The Severe MMA podcast is finally here. Welcome to the Severe MMA podcast. Here's your host, Sean Sheehan. Welcome, welcome everybody. It's episode 331 of the Severe MMA Podcast. My name is Sean Sheehan, aka the Pod God, Shawnee Podcasts, the Judge Lord, whatever you want to call me. You know, I have lots of nicknames bestowed upon me, you know, by, by different people joined today by the uh, the James Galdolfini of Irish MMA Media, Graham McDonald, as we talk about a huge week. And I say it, I, I say it every week, maybe a huge week, but this is a huge week in the world of MMA Irish. Irish MMA especially, uh, but MMA across the globe as well. There's been lots of uh, fights mostly. You know, a bit of news as well, but, mo- but mostly it's the fights we will be talking about today because at the end of the day, it's an MMA podcast and it's about MMA fights. So that's what we will be talking about. No, hashtag no clickbait. Um, but we must tell you before we, we start all of that, that today's episode is uh, is presented by Manscaped. And before I get into this read here, I have to read I just want to give a shout out to Manscaped, to be honest, because the support they've given us over the last year has been absolutely phenomenal, and uh, we we re- we just really appreciate it, to be honest. And this is my before I read their read. This is my read. If if you would like to support Manscaped, uh, it would also be supporting us, and uh, I think they deserve it. So if you're thinking about buying one of their shavers or anything like that, do buy it because it's actually pretty good, to be honest. I use the stuff all the time, and uh, it's absolutely fantastic. So let's get into this. It uh, listeners across the galaxy, all the way from Australia to Houston. Uh, do we have a <laughs> do we have a pew problem? If so, our friends at Manscaped have cleared you for take takeoff with their fourth generation and brand new lawnmower 4.0. Kick your pubes into the next planet with the performance package 4.0. The orbits in your pack will feel like you're in zero gravity when you use the best tools for the job from the leaders in male grooming. Join the two million men worldwide who use Manscaped and get your rocket ready for takeoff by going to manscaped.com for 20% off and free shipping with the code SEVERMA. Uh, ready for an out-of-the-world experience? Look no further than the Performance Package 4.0 that has just taken off uh, in the USA, uh, but Canada, UK, uh, Europe, Ireland, Australia, South Africa, and Singapore all have it too. Inside the package you'll find our lawnmower 4.0 trimmer, weed whacker, ear, nose and hair trimmer, crop preserver, ball deodorant, crop reviver toner, uh, performance boxer briefs and travel bag to hold your whole solar system as it starts to pour in. I wonder can you hear that lads? First schedule for liftoff, the new lawnmower 4.0, the spaceship is here to uh, guide you on your journey to trim your body, balls, butt and even your anus. The fourth generation trimmer all features a cutting edge ceramic blade with grooming uh, to reduce grooming incidents. Uh, accidents even uh, with their advanced advanced advanced. Did I just turn Australian? I was that South African. Advanced skin safe technology. The lawnmower 
window has the 7000 RPM motor, a new multifunction on off switch with an engaged travel lock and is even waterproof. The 4.0 uh, has a 4000 LED spotlight too, so you can see the whole lot. Uh, the performance package also has the weed racker. Funnily enough, I was painting my room the other day and I had lost my weed racker. I just like put it down, but I found it the other day, so I'm like, right, I get the I get the old uh, the old nose and ear chopped as well with that. And that's absolutely fantastic. Waterproof, 7000 RPM, 360 degree rotary blade system. Uh, proprietary skin safe technology got it that helps prevent nick snags and all of that don't forget to use a crop preserver ball deodorant ball reviver to help your little planets on their be on their air game while feeling the sun's heat manscaped even threw in two free gifts the boxers and the shed travel bag about hairy balls and buzz light year uh, a Bart even hairy balls. <laughs> I was like, "What?" Uh, <laughs> and that Woody Manscaped call to action from us is twenty percent off with free shipping with the promo code Severe at Manscaped.com. That's twenty percent off with free shipping uh, with the code Severe at Manscaped.com for a clean trinity and beyond. Your space balls will thank you. Right, Graham. Uh, let, let's get straight into it um, and and talk about the, the the mixed martial arts for the weekend. And we, look, we have to start. We're an Irish MMA podcast, and I'm starting directly with Cage Warriors one two eight. If you're only a UFC fan or whatever, fair enough. Just just uh, forward your way through it. But I feel like it was funny. Mickey Alexander put up a post, and uh, I was I almost said she there because I, I for like five years I thought Mickey Alexander was was. One. Before I was on a podcast with him, I was like, hold on, wait, because I'd never heard his voice before. And you know, I started the podcast with Crooklyn, I was on like the second or third podcast, and I was like, hold on a minute, I, I don't know why, I just always do. But anyway, that's that's another point. But um, he put up that the Bellator and UFC main events were both kind of boring this week, and we'll, we'll get into the two of them, and I don't necessarily agree with that, with especially with the UFC one, but... If you look at the three Cage Warriors main events, they were anything but boring, and they were absolutely fantastic, fascinating fights. So we're going to talk about Paul Hughes first, because I think the, that gold belt that uh, that Paul Hughes won deserves us to talk about him, first of all. Um, what a fantastic fight. Like, I... I I, I had scored at 47-47 first uh, with a 10-8 for Paul Hughes and rounds 1-2 and 5 for Sharia. But then I saw there was a point deduction, so I had Paul Hughes win 47-46. And that was kind of the story of this fight. It was it was a mad fight from moment one. I know a few people scored round one for Paul Hughes and one judge did as well. I'm not too sure about that one. But anyway, we, we could make... I, 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 yeah. I actually did as well. I did scored you? the first for Hughes. I thought that the, the jab right hand was the, the best impact of the the best two impacts of the round i think yeah charrier was doing a, doing a lot of nice stuff but i thought that it was even enough and i thought that actually pushed it over the edge for paul hughes but i knew it was uh, when i was saying i was thinking this one is is a swing round you know you can't you can't be relying on this round it was, it was ultra close it was one of those things as well where hughes to me and maybe he, he will clarify this but he looked like he was slipping all over the place like and we've seen that with cage before yeah, it must have been six seven eight times he slipped even yeah. even when he wasn't he went for a takedown once they slipped he went for a kick slipped he was and he was a slip and trying to like move in and out it was i don't know what's going on i've seen it a few times in in cage whereas i think they might use a different a different kind of um Matt, I thought they'd fix it. Though. Yeah, I thought they'd fix it. The, 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 the UFC one's kind of like sandpapery. Yeah. Like it might 
might rough your feet up a bit, but you have grip on it. So uh, I don't know, maybe because there's been blood and sweat during the night, the, the canvas didn't react well. But yeah, they've got to sort that out because you know that could that could cost somebody a title fight. That could cost somebody a any kind of fight. You know what I mean? Like if if Hughes had ended up on bottom and lost one of them rounds, you know the decision could have went the other way so yeah it's, it's a big it's a big deal it really is and it, it was weird because i was i and now i'll say it again maybe get clarification maybe i should just before the podcast i'm pretty sure they did change it over the last while after the the ross houston fight uh was it houston dalby from a while back where there was blood was all over the place and they were slipping but maybe then he, or maybe it was just used maybe it was something with him i i'm not sure because i didn't see anyone yeah, else slipping. in fairness cherry wasn't slipping as much oh. uh so i don't know i don't know what it was maybe I don't know what the what the thing is there, but Hughes would want to look into that, and you know that's a that's a big thing to when you're coming up against high caliber, uh, you know, former champions fighting for belts and interim belts. You like those little tiny slips can cost you a fight, like so. Yeah, hundred percent. But on on Hughes's performance itself, I I thought for the most part, you know, it was it was very good. And I've talked before about. You know, Paul Hughes, this was his ninth fight. Not not that experience. And we'll talk about Liam McCord and other people as well. And Jesse Hall and loads of other people from this week on Cage Warriors and on Bellator. Needing more experience to get to their best. And I feel like Hughes in previous fights has shown, um, you know... It, at his best, he can beat his opponent, but sometimes he doesn't fight his best. And I thought in this fight, for the most part, apart from when he hurt them and he went for the takedown... I thought he, after that, and I think in the fourth round, he got the takedowns at the right time. And that shows to me someone who has looked at their past fights and improved. You know, it's not perfect yet. I wouldn't definitely wouldn't say that. But it, I definitely think that was it. You know, when you hurt, get hurt, someone hurt in the middle of a title fight uh, <laughs> and you don't finish them off, that's, that's not necessarily a good thing. But it's also a thing that you can look back on and say, right, next time, let's pick the shots. Let's stand back. And, uh, and that's one, look, that's one of the toughest things to do in MMA. We'll talk about Reese McKee as well, how, how comfortable he looked. But uh, I thought Shari, or I thought Hughes's fight IQ in the second half of that fight in the championship rounds was very, very good. Now, he he came out at the very start and he put on a humongous pace. And um, myself and Harry talked a little bit about this over on Patreon. But I thought... I thought the pace was necessary, but also kind of went against him a little bit because he was going forward at Sharia and giving Sharia opportunities to hit him. But then Sharia did kind of tire in the third and fourth round and he did get his second wind, I thought, in, into the fifth. And then Hughes, was, that's kind of when he was turning. And that was a very close round as well. But uh, it was... It was a fun, action-packed fight. It's weird. The slipping kind of made it even more crazy because it was just... It was, it was mad. It was one of those fights where it was like... Sometimes fights, and they, they could go three or five rounds, and they, they're just crazy fights, and there's not maybe that much technique or, or tactics in it. I thought this was one of those ones where it was technical, tactical, and fun as well at the same time. This was a, a great fight. If you haven't seen it, I'd go. I'd encourage anyone to go back and watch it. Five very, very fun rounds. What did, what did you think of, yeah. uh, of Hughes' performance as well? Uh, yeah, it was a brilliant performance, and the, the whole kind of build-up to the fight as well, like the, the walkouts were great, the crowd were into it. Um, you know, we got to we got to see the full walkouts. We the, maybe because we've been following following Paul Hughes for a while, but it felt like it was building to something. This is this was like an extra an extra big fight. It felt like a big moment, and and he obviously went out there and a couple of people, you know, a lot of two of the judges had him down two rounds, and you know, he, he obviously they were close rounds, and uh, well, the second was probably you know unanimously Sharia. I think most people will agree on that, and then in you know he. 
faced a bit of adversity there. The, the tide seemed to have kind of turned a bit against him, but he obviously, you know, uh, is very well rounded and he trusts. You can see that he trusts as well around his his game everywhere. You know, he's 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 not trying to avoid any any um, situations. And uh, I thought in the fourth round, I think it was, I thought it was a 10-8 for, for Hughes. I thought he nearly had him knocked out as, as you mentioned, and he went for the takedown maybe ill-advisedly, but uh, nearly got nearly sunk in the choke, and I thought he had like, you know, the three Ds there. I thought he, he definitely won a 10-8 there, and it looked like the, the uh, that he was going to get the finish uh, in, in that round, but in fairness to, uh, to Charrier, as you said, he kind of rec- re- uh, he showed why he was a champion before and he's been in five round fights and he showed his experience because he is a lot more experienced than Paul Hughes. And, you know, it's easy to forget how, how young somebody like Paul Hughes is. I know Charrier is young, but he's got a, he's got a lot of experience that, uh, a lot of experience for his age. And he was a very tough test. And I thought it was a, I thought it was a real kind of coming of age performance by Hughes. He kind of, he kind of showed everything in that fight. Yeah. hundred percent. And I think it was a coming of age in terms of like people being, um, People being up on Paul Hughes, if you know what I mean, because it's it's a tough time. I spoke about uh, about it to Brad last week in the preview for the, the trilogy that we're coming from a place in Cage Wars that had Paddy Pimblett and Ian Gary, like two of the biggest stars in the history of Cage Wars. And I I say that, and I'm, I'm including Conor McGregor in that as well because look, McGregor had the good Irish following and all when he was there, but because of McGregor, yeah. Pimblett and yeah. Gary are way bigger, <laughs> you know, exactly than, than right. he was at the time. And yeah. Paul Hughes is left in this weird situation where. I th- look. I think he's a good personality, and I think he's a, a very, very, very good fighter. But he, he, he isn't what Pimblet and Gary are in terms of like, you know, drawing an audience. But fights like this will make that so much easier. Will draw people in. Will will uh, give them something to follow. And also the fact that in the cage afterwards, and I, uh, you, you speak about the walkouts and everything, which are fantastic. What I, what I loved as well, they had Jordan Vucinic in the cage afterwards. They stared the two of them off with both of their belts. That to me, that's money. Like if you're talking about old school pro wrestling, that's money. You have the champion versus interim champion. They've already fought a very, very contentious close decision. And then now they're going to fight again. That's, that's, uh, you know that's that's money there from that promotion and that's absolutely fantastic so it's not just a great win and a great fight for Paul Hughes it's next time and when's that going to be and like you know we know who it's going to be it's straight away that Paul Hughes the, 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 the next day and same for Jordan Vucinic when they get back into camp they know who they're preparing for they know it's a close fight even Vucinic he won the first fight he has talked about I'm going to fight Paul Hughes again uh, so the, the you know the story is absolutely inbuilt there and uh, we, we know what's going to happen uh, next to that any closing thoughts on that before we move on Graham I know we have a lot to uh, lot yeah. to cover today but yeah yeah just quickly you know we saw the emotion kind of pour out of Paul Hughes and it's easy to forget that only two or three years ago he's been told to retire by doctors because of his, his broken hand problems so you know even in his young career he's going to overcome a lot and you can see how much it meant to him yeah 100 percent, and uh absolutely brilliant love to you love to see it for paul hughes and uh, as i said hopefully this is the catalyst that kind of moves him on to be that next star because you know we we saw uh we saw how quickly and how well ian gary did it and we saw patty pimlet and other people as well in cage war so 
Paul Hughes could be the next one. Uh, let me just run through quickly these because we, we went through the whole cards, uh, the, the first two cards anyway, over on Patreon. So if you want to hear a full breakdown of that Patreon.com forward slash Severe Met podcast, there's almost two hours of podcast here with myself and Jake and Harry, and we broke down all of those cards. And it's, you know, it's what the third of the month as well, so a good time to sign up. But on the first night, there was some uh, fantastic performances. Ryan Shelley lost his first round, but came back with a storming performance in the second to get the rear naked choke over. Liam Malai, who looked a, a good prospect himself, but Ryan Shelley uh, fighting out of Team KF, great win for him, and uh, you know that team is is doing very well uh, as well. Uh, to me, st- sticking out in that card as well, uh, Kingsley Crawford got a lovely Brabo choke. Oban Elliott returned after uh, health problems and looked absolutely phenomenal against George McManus, who's a big, strong welterweight. Oban moving up from uh, lightweight, and he's another one of these guys that. Had star potential in cage warriors, lost to Figlak, which we'll get to in a second. Um, found out about his health problems and looks to be on a different level now again coming back. So uh, what a night for Welsh MMA as well. Rory Evans uh, looked like his leg was gone, fought, fighting on one leg for most of the fight. Ends up getting the unanimous decision over Wesley Maya and Josh Reed. This guy, I'll never miss a Josh Reed fight anyway. <laughs> this guy is is a brilliant fighter and I have so much respect for guys like Josh Reed who go in there and put it on the line every time, but are also skilled and talented and everything. And I think we need to stop looking at Josh Reed maybe as, you know, the, the Cage Warriors guy or just, the, you know, the, the guy who's on every card and has fun fights. I'd like to see him getting maybe a, a title eliminator, getting towards the title at a, what, 135 pounds. And him versus Dominic Wooding even. What a fight that would be. And Dominic Wooding won that title uh, in the main event against Nathan Fletcher after a tough start as well. You know, Fletcher, a good wrestler, but... Wooding with that flying knee as he came in, or the, it wasn't even a flying knee, it was kind of a low knee. Kind of jump, yeah, yeah, kind of a little it was jumping knee. It looked like it was on the borderline of being illegal, but it was it was perfect. Yeah. And uh, he, he followed it up really well and finished it really well. Like he really grabbed his grabbed his moment with both hands there. Yeah, that that kind of head kick, the body shot, the finish was, and the, and the, the the McGregor elbows as well, beautiful stuff, absolutely fantastic. So that was a wonderful main event and a great comeback there. As we said, one two eight in was the Hugh Sharia fight, which we've talked about uh, in depth. Uh, Jesse O'Hollen in the the co-man got to finish again. This guy looks a top 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 prospect, eight and zero, uh, and uh, he won't be too far from an interim or, or not an interim, a vacant cage warriors welterweight title. Uh, uh, when that, whenever that happens, um, he's a brilliant, brilliant fighter. And key, you know, if you uh, if you're listening to this and you're thinking, who are the guys coming off of this? Uh, and we, you know, we'll obviously a little bit biased towards the Irish guys, but Jesse O'Holland from I think he's from Finland, didn't he? Very good prospect. Um, Adam, I'm a singer, and Michele Martignoni ended in a no contest after an eye poke, and we'll, we'll speak a lot about no contest later on in this. So we want, uh, this is a pretty straightforward one. He look, he took a poke to the eye, and he started bleeding out of his eye. From one angle, it looked like a punch, but then they showed the other angle, no doubt about it at all, and this is what a no contest is, you know, kind of is designed for. Uh, Gerardo Fanny beat Liam Gittins in a fucking barn burner. One of those fights you watch, and you're like, what the fuck happened there? And then it's just over. It was, it was, uh, it was fantastic. Fantastic. That's another fight definitely to catch. James Sheehan, Ireland's own no relation. That should that should be his nickname. James no relation Sheehan. I feel like it'd be a great nickname. What? what maybe, maybe maybe he is a long lost relation. your family tree. I'll check it out. Maybe he's <laughs> disowning him from potentially from the family. Uh, he's a dub. There's no dubs in our family. Although you'd never know. And you know, what if his parents or grandparents could have moved up from Limerick or somewhere? That's probably what did happen. Let's be honest. But uh, yeah. you can you can take a shot a lot better than your your side of the street <laughs> family. I don't you know. know. Them Sheehan 
Americans are tough. I'm telling you, all the machines are, are tough fuckers. But talking about taking shots, what a chin. That's not always the best thing to say about someone having a great chin. But when you t- take those shots and you weather that storm and you come back and you won the way he did. Now, it was a close. It was a third round, wasn't it? That was close. But I, I thought he deserved the win. I thought the right guy won here. And what a performance I, in a fight that looked like it was going to go the opposite way. Brilliant stuff from James Sheehan, wasn't it? Yeah, and it's a, it's a big fight, you know, climbing to three and two and, and falling to two and three are, you know, very yeah, different. I sure. was kind of talking about this at the, end, at the start of your career, and obviously you don't want to you don't want to be in these kind of wars all the time, but it is very entertaining, and we'll, we'll kind of get the fans behind you. And, you know, uh, O'Meal Brown's first loss, it's, it's kind of hard to know where he's at, but he, he, he looked a good fighter as well. So, uh, uh, you know, onwards and upwards here from James Sheehan, but you, you definitely want to go back and maybe work on the the striking defense a little bit and not not take so many headshots because you know if you're if you're going to be fighting for a long time that's that's going to catch up with you yeah and them team rhino boys certainly don't take easy fights and you know i, I think O'Meal brown is a, a very very good fighter and obviously james sheen has fought ian gary and a few more as well so he's definitely not taking any easy fights a fair play to him uh, and i 100% agree with you three you know go to three and two and even go you know if he wins the next one going to four and two it's a big difference between three and three you know uh so it's uh it's very good times for james sheen onwards and upwards you said uh aiden james then and luke Riley got good performance as well uh, luke Riley looked absolutely phenomenal i thought he looked great against uh camel wishnack who's fighting out of team kf you know i, I think that's a, a pretty tough match up there for his uh for his pro debut against luke Riley. uh but uh you know he'll be back as well and i'm looking forward to seeing luke Riley as well he's uh his next one because he was uh very very good as well and we might as well finish out cage warriors while we were here the card last night um another very very good card uh Dylan Hazan won early split decision. There was a couple of decisions early on this. Harry Hardwick won a majority decision. And Mike Figlack as well against Dean Lister. You know, these two Figlack brothers, they're very, very, very good. And to win a unanimous decision, I think you won all... Kieran uh, Lister, you mean, not Dean Lister. <laughs> Kieran, did I say Dean? I Dean Lister in the head because you see Alan Murphy's tweet last night about... Uh, uh, about uh, Dean Lister fighting, oh no, yeah, Dean Lister fighting against Rodney Moore in the co-main event, and then Rodney Moore coming out to corner someone in the main event afterwards. So I was like, oh well, that's pretty good. And my, my, Matt Figlack was in Mike's corner, and Mike Figlack was in Matt's corner, and they fought only three fights apart. So that was pretty good as well. So uh, yeah, that's that's funny how they, you brought that in. But um, you know, Mike Figlack to do what he did to uh, to Lister here was phenomenal and i think he's he's a very good technical fighter you know he's he can turn it up as well you know turn up the kind of the madness or the uh you know whatever you might want to call it to to get to that next level but um you know this to me was his best performance so far even though maybe it wasn't as spectacular as ones before that but uh very very good and while we're at it matthias figlak uh got the uh the ko via punches and looked phenomenal again no absolutely ran over ran over Tollefson he just he just dominated he looked a real you know he looked the real prospect that he kind of was touted as and obviously you know losing to Ian Gary in your in your third fight at the time people didn't really know how good Ian Gary was and but you know that's his only loss in his career and if you if you look at the guys he's beaten he's got some he's got some uh he got a seven and one guy on there and now he's after beating a a five three and one guy so he's working his way up the right way and he's looking like he's he's real potential for the future and a real one to watch yeah and how good does it make Ian Gary look as well (laughs) in fairness not to bring it back to Ian Gary but god almighty you know he made not necessarily light work of Matthias Figlak but he you know he won that fight and uh Figlak is is a very very good fighter there's absolutely no doubt in that um 
between those two fights, Jamie Richardson got another very good finish as well. And Steve Amiable, absolutely brilliant stuff. Uh, guillotine choke there. It was a night of the guillotine. I think there was four guillotines on this card. Absolutely brilliant stuff. I, lo I always love seeing Steve Amiable. He's another one of these guys. Always brings in and, and, and deserves to be there thereabouts in, in Cage Warriors as well. Um, and then the second brother from uh, the Hardwicks, George Hardwick, got a guillotine as well uh, over uh, Jacob Donald. So a very good win for him there. Um, we'll just quickly talk about the main event first and then we'll circle back and finish Cage Warriors with, with Reese McKee. The main event, Sam Creasy uh, uh, defeated Luke Shanks with a guillotine joke again. Um, Shanks missed weight so he wouldn't have been eligible to win the title. I think it was Creasy's, what is it, third, fourth attempt at the title. Uh, the, the fight pass actually cut off in the middle of the fight so we missed what maybe around the end of the yeah, first. Yeah, for a good while as well. Yeah, it was like yeah. four or five minutes. Uh, but anyway, we got back and we saw the finish so it didn't matter with the with the judging of the fight or anything like that uh, a pretty good fight you know good back and forth there was lots of big shots landed and um you know it was good to see creasy getting it luke shanks though did say that um creasy tapped in the first round and there's a video going around and it in fairness now it did look like there was a bit of a brazilian tap there um and there was one of the fights earlier in the week as well, I think it was on the 127 card, where the referee stopped us and it was a Brazilian tap. Let me just see if I can find it. We, we talked about it anyway on, on the podcast. Um, but it, this, it, it, I don't know, there was a bit, a bit of it there, but I think, look, to be kind of uh, philosophical about it, maybe, there's a title fight where a guy missed weight and he couldn't have won the title anyway, so maybe it's, maybe it's better off he missed it. But it was one of those tight calls. It was very close, um, but a good performance from uh, from Creasy and uh, good to see a guy like that as well win the title who's been around for a long time. But Reese McKee, what, what do you think of the performance, Graham, first of all, before I give my thoughts? Yeah, it was very dominant. Uh, he used his range really well. His boxing looked crisp. His head movement looked good. He he looked he looked really good. I think uh, he you know he his opponent didn't really have much for him. He couldn't get inside the range. He was just eating shots. And I think the stoppage in the end was it was a very good stoppage. Uh, it was a, it was a big shot. He, obviously, he was a very tough guy. He didn't go down, but uh, Rich Rich Mitchell was looking straight in his eyes as he took the shot and stopped the fight. And I think it was a very good stoppage. And a very, obviously. Uh, uh, Reese McKee, you know, it was important to to get a victory here and to look good, and he did both of them things. Yeah, 100%. Like, Mantekivi had some success early. He landed those leg kicks very, very well, and I thought for the first four minutes of the fight, it was very even, you know. You could have you could have maybe had Mantekivi ahead because of those uh, those leg kicks, but I thought Reese was just ahead, but in the last minute of the first round, he took over and won 100% definitely won that round. And then in the second and third, he looked like the old, comfortable Reese McKee, you know, our, our good friend Scrooby Pip uh, tweeted out and he tagged Severe Man and uh, he said um, this is the this is the guy I hear about on the Severe Man podcast you know because we always praise Reese because I feel like the best Reese McKee is a fucking phenomenal fighter and maybe we did, just didn't see it in the UFC and we obviously couldn't see it against Shemaev and Morona was a, a tough fight as well and he, he wasn't himself in that fight I feel like I feel like there is a lot more to come from Reese McKee and as well we talked about it beforehand and we'll talk about it after this as well because Whenever a guy gets out of the UFC and they have their first fight in another organization, like, I love Cage Wars, it's a fantastic organization, but it's not the UFC, and it would be easy to sulk, you know, it'd be easy to not take it seriously, not prepare seriously. And We've seen it time and time yeah. again, We, we yeah. you know, guys go in as big favorites, we saw it recently with Anthony Pettis. 
Um, you know, he, he went in as a big favorite and he went in there and lost. And, you know, for these guys, it's, it's, I'm fighting a UFC veteran, you know, this is a big fight. I think if you remember back a years ago when Irish MMA, you know, that was, if, if, if you're not in the UFC, the big thing is trying to fight and trying to beat a, a an ultimate fighter veteran back in the day or a UFC veteran. And obviously for Reese McKee, it's a step down and it's disappointing not to be in the UFC, but for his opponent, it's, it's the biggest fight of his life. And uh, he definitely hung tough in there and he definitely gave it his all. But uh, Reese was just uh, on another level, talent and skill wise. Yeah, he looked, looked very, very well prepared and, you know, after maybe maybe not a a bad first couple of minutes, but like a couple of minutes where he he got given as good as he gave, you know, he yeah, it wasn't going his all, all his own way. He was eating yeah, a few yeah. leg kicks. He was definitely something to to work out and to to overcome. Yeah, and he and he absolutely did that and dominated from you know the four minutes until the the thirty minute when it was finished. And I I, I agree with you. I thought it was a good stoppage as well. Mantikivi had just taken too much damage. It was one of those kind of clubbing. Uh, 500, well, maybe not five, maybe 150 punch, uh, 10 minutes of action where Reese McKee was just pummeling and pummeling, pummeling and pummeling him without even, like, it was one of those ones where the, it was just smooth, you know? It was f- flowy to, 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 to rob a, to rob a phrase from a, a very famous man. And it was, like, I think if Reese maybe thought, okay, let's draw one big, huge punch, he probably could have knocked him out. But then the performance probably wouldn't have been as good. So I think it was exactly perfect what he did. And it was a kind of a, a slow death from Antikivi here. And a, what a performance from Reese McKee. Absolutely phenomenal. And, you know, um, great to see him. What, what, a, what a time for uh, Ulster MMA. Someone was giving out to me last day for saying Northern Irish MMA. So I'm going to go with Ulster MMA here. Reese McKee do good stuff here. Paul Hughes, the champion. Joe McColgan, the champion. Could easily see Reese. McKee fighting for a title in his next fight whether it's your Holland, whether it's Figlack whoever it might be, whether you know Ian Dean brings in someone new and we could see that too you could have uh, Ulster champions at featherweight, lightweight and welterweight here over the next while and that'd be that'd be absolutely fantastic you know, for a long time people in Irish MMA, maybe outside of Irish MMA, not in Irish MMA, thought it was just SBG and there was nothing else. And that's not true. You know, SBG is a great gym, a fantastic gym. McGregor, great fighter, Gallagher, Kiefer Crosby, Will Flory, all those guys. You know, Cahill Pindred, Chris Fields, when they were there, fantastic fighters, Ashton Daly, down through the years, Artem Labov. Um, but there's more there's more to Irish MMA as well, and it's great to see other gyms, you know, up the north and the, the gyms down in Cork with Palahan and, and other guys there as well. I don't want to leave anyone out, but it's... Uh, MMA is a sport for all of Ireland, and uh, it's it's great to see people from different parts of the country doing well. So, fantastic for for Reese and Paul and everyone as well. So, great, great Irish MMA. It always hasn't been positive, but I feel like it's a positive time at the moment. Um, right. We we'll, before we move on from Cage Wars, I mentioned Artem Lavov there, and he was given out on on Twitter this week that uh, journalists don't talk about a certain thing. So let's talk about it. Um, we've talked. It's weird because we talked about. I think we have talked about this a few of years course, ago. Yeah. But, yeah, it's it's a thing that. I, I, I was ta- I was funny, I mentioned on the podcast, uh, on the Patreon, and I talked to Andrew McGahan about it, because funny enough, he rang me up about something, and uh, I was like, hadn't we talked about this? And he was like, yeah, of course we did. It's, it's a thing that we talked about. So, wh- what Artem was saying was, um, Graham Boylan is a manager for lots of fighters, I think Reese McKee included, if I'm not mistaken, and Paddy Pimblett anyway, and also the promoter for Cage Warriors. A thing which in America is not allowed. You know, we saw it with Ali Abdelaziz that time when he was involved, allegedly, or whatever you want to say, with World Series of Fighting, and then he had to step away because he's also a manager of fighters. Um, which I, I 
I agree with Artem that that's not the uh, the best situation to have. If Graham Boylan uh, was a, just a promoter and he didn't manage any fighters, I think that would be a lot better of a situation in terms of conflicts of interest and everything like that. Having said that, though, there would probably be no fights if there wasn't managers or coaches or conflicts of interest involved. Like, look, look at look at anyone. Like, look at coaches in Irish MMA. Look at uh, John Kavanagh or Andy Ryan. They've both ran shows. You know, they've both managed fighters. They've both coached fighters. You know, John Kavanagh and Andy, part of the uh, Irish MMA Association at one time. Anyway, I know what the crack is now, but it's and I'm sure it's the same all over the place. And I'm not criticizing them or anything. It's just. It's just the fact of the matter. Like, look at Cage Legacy. The lads who run that also own gyms or, you know, are coaches in gyms and stuff like that. It is the reality of the situation, right? And I, I think it's... it's if, the situa- if we could have some rich lad, you know, coming in and giving everyone money to have fights, that would be the perfect situation. But I don't think we have that situation. And also the other part that Arthur made a point about was about intensity fighters getting easier fights. Now that's a thing I would like, like a list from him maybe, because I, I don't really pay attention to who is managing who. But Paddy Pimblet is the obvious one. I would would people look back at Paddy Pimblet's career and say that he had easy fights in cage wires? Like, he fought Nad Naramani, he fought um, Sutton Back, a very, very good fighter, and lost his title. Yeah, you know, lost Julian Arota, you know, yeah. these aren't easy fights. Uh, yeah. You know, uh, I, I to hand or in my head, like, like you know, I need a list as you said in front of me. It's hard to remember exactly and who's with intensity and who's not. But you know, um, I, I'm sure another reason why Graham Boylan is signing people to intensity is because he thinks they have potential. You know, so yeah. you know, guys with potential in your promotion, you're gonna you're gonna try and you know match maybe a bit more carefully than somebody else but you know there, there definitely is a cl- conflict of interest there but it's just it's such a small community the uk irish mma scene or the european mma scene even that you know as you said these coaches these promoters they they, they have to do both or the, or the fighters don't fight and maybe graham Bowden is in a position where where he could he could just live off um uh, you know the, the cage warriors money and yeah. and not and not um uh, promote fighters, but you know, uh, as you said, unless there's some kind of regulation or some kind of legality there, like there may be in America, then he's entitled to do what he wants, and there's no real you know way to 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 stop anybody who yeah. wants to do that. So and, and that, you that's know. that's the thing as well, and that's the biggest issue. We don't like MMA is not a sport in Ireland still, and in England they're trying to do the EMMEA or whatever it's called, and but it's not you know it's not regulated properly there either, you know so. To call it illegal would be wrong here. If it was happening somewhere else in the world, yes. But yeah, I, I look. I see his points. I, 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 I would have to be told about the intensity management one. I don't think so at the moment, but I could be wrong. But it's, it's you know. I think a thing like that is something that you know you talk about. You kind of understand it, and then it's something we haven't talked about in probably four or five years because it's just a part of. MMA, you know, it's just a part of what we do every day, and whether that's right or wrong, you know, whether that's right or wrong, it just, it just is, and I, I don't, I don't know a way around it until there is like a regulation and a regulating body that stops that sort of thing, um, if it needs to be stopped, you know. So, 
Uh, we've talked about it there. Might not agree with us, but look, we we oh we we might get our cage warriors credentials taken away now. I always think that's the funniest thing about people, you know, online. They're like, oh, I saw someone replying to him. He's like, oh, they'll lose they lose their livelihood if they talk about that. It's like, what? How? <laughs> like, is is Graham Bylan gonna come in here and like uh, take out my bank account? <laughs> Because I, that's fucking hilarious. Yeah, we, we, we've said loads of things that are negative about loads of promotions. <laughs> yeah. Every promotion, UFC, Bellator, Cage Warriors, KSW, everybody. And positive things when it needs to be said. And we're giving our opinion and they understand that. And even if they were to, you know, get the hump about it and not give us credentials, like, it doesn't really affect Zero us difference. in any way. Like, yeah. you know what I mean? You can recover. You can cover these events from home. Obviously, you're not going to get post-fight interviews or whatever, but... You know, we have good relationships with a lot of with most guys that we want to interview, and if we wanted to set up an interview like outside of the thing, we could. So it's, it's it, this whole thing of people. It, it, I don't know. It's just uh, far fetched and yeah. fantasy. Sure, we haven't been in any show in the last two years, and it really hasn't made any difference, has it? You know, there's a thing called Zoom now as well. It's great, but anyway, we will move on from that. Um, then we had uh, Bellator, which uh, we obviously must uh, look at as well. And let's let's start with Liam McCourt because we're on. Uh, we'll end up the the Irish MMA thing. Um, look, it, it was one of those fights for Leah that after it, my first thought was she got fifteen minutes in the can. You know, she got fifteen minutes of experience to bring around because that's what Liam McCourt needs. You know, I asked her in the the pre-fight press conference the other day about that, and you know. Ranked number five in the world. This was her seventh fight. That is a very tough situation to find yourself in because it's next stop fucking Cyborg. It's next stop Sinead Kavanagh. It's next stop Katzingano or whoever else might be there. And when you're seven fights into your career and still very much learning, you know, Leah could be a good fighter and it could be, you know, uh, you know what she could be. But she's not that yet, and I think Paul Hughes isn't that yet, and I think you know Luke Trader isn't that yet. He did a very good performance here, and all, lots of other fighters. And you don't—it's very rare you see someone coming in five, six, seven, eight fights in, and are you know John Jones, the champion of the world, whatever it might be, or a Chris Weidman after ten fights. Very, very rare, and um, it's even you know it's it's rare as well when you see someone ranked number five, and that's a tough thing to deal with. But look, I thought Leah came in here. The first round was not a great round, to be honest. Like that, the groundwork I thought was was a bit suspect from both of them. And, like, Jessica Barga kind of caught her in a Kimura at one stage. It didn't look great and probably won the round because of that. It put Leah in a bit of trouble. But on the feet in the second and third, I thought Leah's striking looked much improved. Now, I'm not saying, you know, she's Max Holloway or anything like that, but compared to her last fight, to go and watch her last fight standing up and watch this fight, it looked like a different level. And, you know, I think she was back up uh, up the north as well, training with her own gym, uh, her old gym and, and different places like that. And maybe just the change of scenery and different things might have helped her and brought her on to the next level again. So that was very, very encouraging. And to me, the most encouraging thing, I'll say it again, is that 15 minutes of experience. Um, so onwards and upwards for you. What, what did you, or maybe not onwards and upwards, maybe stay at this level for another while and, and, and yeah. then go upwards. What That's what I was going to say. It kind of showed, you know, what we were saying before. We were kind of saying, well, we hope this, these kind of, this kind of high ranking doesn't catapult her in, into fights she's not ready for. And I think, you know, she got the win, as you said, she got the, the experience and she faced some adversity. She has things to go back and work on. It just showed that she, she's not ready Ready for as you said the the upper echelon of the Bellator division and um, I think maybe that fight will do her good you know if she had gone in there maybe and destroyed her in the first round with some kind of finish uh, she might have been catapulted too quickly and you know it might have been um, kind of a stunting for her career but I think now you know 
three, four more fights of a similar caliber fighter, maybe going up slightly each time. And then we can reassess where she's at. Like, because as you said, she's young in her career. There's no rush at all here. Um, I know, I know everybody seems to be in a rush, but we're always trying to say, oh, there's no, there's no rush. There's no rush. And, you know, uh, I think, you know, history tells us that you're better off having, having an extra fight or two, uh, at this stage of your career than, than kind of trying to test yourself against the kind of the known quantities and the, the upper echelon of the division. And, you know, as you said, you know, 15 minutes of experience is great. It was a big fight. It was a, it was a co-main event. You know, uh, there's a lot of pressure on there, no matter who you are. And, uh, you know, she's, she's come out with the victory. So she'd be happy with that, but I don't think she'd be happy with her performance and maybe, you know, her coaches and herself and, and the matchmakers will, kind of give her more, uh, keep her at the kind of appropriate level instead of, you know, where her her newly or her ranking is, has her at five or six or something. I think that's, yeah. that if she starts fighting people around that, it's 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 not going to be good for her at this stage of the game. But yeah. in, in three, four fights, I think she can, you know, if she keeps improving like she has, you you mentioned her striking improving. If she can keep improving in all, in all aspects, then maybe she'll be ready for the step up then, but mm-hmm. not now. Uh, she mentioned as well afterwards, I, I agree with whatever you said there, she mentioned that she doesn't really have that many injuries or anything like that. Dublin is in four weeks' time. Makes perfect sense. Ex- experience is what Leah needs, you know. If she can keep the weight down, because she's a very, very big uh, uh, lady for, for that weight class. And, you know, you can see that. It, it works in her favor. But if she can keep that weight down and make weight and feels comfortable in four weeks' time to do that, I think uh, I think it would be good to turn around, get her another fight similar level to this. You know, if she gets a finish or another 15 minutes, it'd be absolutely fantastic. I know it didn't turn around for, uh, you know, the end of the year or rarely next year. I think uh, I think that would be absolutely fantastic. And if you can get someone, it's not always it's not always easy to, to procure a matchup. But um, I think that would be good for uh, for Leah here. Um, but yeah, another uh, another very good win for Leah. And you know, let, let's see uh, let's see what's next. Um, on the undercard here, I didn't watch all of it because these clashing cards, I just can't do it anymore. Like I just, I, so I annoying. it's so bad. I have to watch one because the last time I did it, I watched neither of them. Basically, I was flicking back and flicking through, and I was missing fights. I sat down and said, "Look, I'm watching Cage Warriors. If I need, if there's anything stand out, even I can go when you're playing double screen it, you're you're like yeah. you're missing, you're missing how you don't know what's going on. It's terrible. It is absolutely terrible. But from the undercard, I saw the Jack Grant fight. Look very very good another guy who Ian Gary beat like uh, these guys Ian Gary beats uh, seem to go up as go on and, and win fights but he looked very good against Nathan Jones who I thought look Nathan Jones came into that fight as a 7-2 underdog and I thought that was a a bit of a, a big price but look Jack Ratton made that price correct because he went in there and, and destroyed him and looked very good doing it so a very good performance from him and uh, he'll be going upwards in that 170 pound division Lou Long beat Michael Dubois as well Davy Gallon beat Kane Moose uh, Tim Wilde beat Dave Landu Luke Trainer everyone's Talking about him five and all now. He's a very, very good prospect. Um, the Robert Whitaker Andrew Fisher fight as well ended in a, a, a no contest due to an intentional light box, which, as I said, we'll, we'll talk about again in a second. Yeah, 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 unintentional, sorry. I didn't even see it, so maybe, maybe it was intentional. Who knows? Uh, but the main event MVP versus Douglas Lima. Just a, not a great fight, to be honest. <laughs> Let's be honest here. Uh, how would you score it, Graham, first of all, before we, we say about anything else? I scored it for Page. I scored it uh, 29-28 for Page. Me Gave too, him the first yeah. two, two rounds, I thought. He stunned uh, uh, Lima a few times with strikes in, in those rounds and dropped him a few times, even though a few of them were kind of half slips. It was a, I think there was four or five times he ended up on the on the ground, and I think at least two of them were, were due to the strike of, of Page. And 
Um, yeah, it wasn't a great fight, as you said, but, uh, you know, I... I I don't know. I, I saw a lot of robbery call. I didn't see that at all. I thought it was. Yeah. I know your no your boy Ben. I know yeah. your boy Ben gave the first round to Lima. Uh, I believe. Uh, yeah, I ben can Cartledge. see that though. Like I can see it. It was yeah. close. It was close. But I do think you know the the shots that were that were the most impactful and effective in that round were pages. Yeah. It, look, it was one of those where. MVP probably like as you said four. I'd say probably three of those, and definitely one of them was just a complete like. Uh, they they clash and he fell, which still scores, but it's not going to score as as good as like a uh, like a straight punch that knocks you down or anything like that. But yeah, Lima he also landed. stunned him a couple of times. You could see that the punch yeah, affected him a couple he, of times. Yeah, like once I thought he definitely didn't. He hit him hard another time as well. And like in a close round like that, it could be enough. There there really wasn't much to be honest. Um, and I think look, I think it came that, down to that round. I think MVP definitely won the second, and Lima definitely won the third. Although the third was close until the last minute, but Lima definitely took it. Um, yeah. Mookie Alexander gave it a 30-27 Lima. Did he? I do you know what? With a minute to go in the third round, I was thinking thirty twenty seven page honestly, and, and Lima changed it. I and imagine if that had happened, like people would have been in fucking uproar altogether. But I think that's a good card. Like I think. Look, I think 29 Do you think it's a thing of people expecting a bit more from Page? I think it is, yeah. I think, I think it, it is. I, I think it is. I think if it was like generic fighter versus Lima, it would have been a pretty clear cut 2-1 Page. But I don't know about Page, that, no. I think maybe, you know, if if somebody else had been doing those things to Lima, stunning him like that and knocking him down and stuff like that, I think, I don't know, I think maybe Page is kind of... Yeah, in terms of... It's more expected from him. In terms of people... I wouldn't say that in terms of the judges, but in terms of the people watching the fight, yeah, I, I probably would say that. But the, yeah, well, the people saying robbery and all, like, yeah, yeah, no way. And... Yeah, 100%. Like, Lima, <laughs> Lima's one of these weird fighters as well, where... Okay, you, you made the point there, we expect Paige to do more. We probably expect Lima to not do more. <laughs> you know what I mean? We've seen his last few fights. We expect him to fight like this, and it was, it was one of those weird ones where... On paper, this is a very good fight twice, and it turned out a good fight the first time because it was a big knockout, but sometimes, like with MVP, whenever he steps up in level, and he's only done it maybe, like, slightly a couple of times, you know, this Lima, the two fights, or he's been two big fights, but he does, he has had a few boring fights, he has had a few fights where he kind of just stands back and looks at lads, and, you know, doesn't get hit, but just flails his arms around the place, and... I, I love MVP. I think he's... I, I'm actually... I'm looking at my wall right now. I have an MVP fucking poster up there. And I have a Wonderboy poster up there as well. I love that sort of style. Uh, but... It, it doesn't always lead itself to exciting fights at times. And for MVP now... He needs to move on. He needs to get either a title shot next or fuck off to the UFC. He needs to do one of those two things. He can't go backwards. And he was... He was uh, well, he said, he said he's ready for the, the strap now, so... He said he's ready know. for the trilogy as well, though. No, but yeah, I was listening to the thing. He was like, yeah, I'll fight for a coup, but I don't care about titles. And he... Like, that's fair enough. And I, I actually like that attitude at times. But come on, lad. You need, you need to fucking... You need to move on with your career. You need to get those big fights out. Like, from now on, it should be only big fights for MVP. You know, that's all. It should be... You can't beat Douglas Lima and go backwards. You have... And maybe, okay, maybe they want to do the trilogy and I wouldn't be 100% opposed to that, but I, I just don't think it's the right call right now. And, um, yeah, I would... Uh, I, I hope I hope he gets a title shot. Or, look, or goes to the UFC. Either one, I'd be happy enough with. Um, but anyway, yeah, not a great fight. 
Uh, you could look. It was twenty nine, twenty eight either way. I wouldn't. I won't be arguing with Ben Gartledge on that one anyway. But uh, yeah, look, I I think MVP one and the other. You're two worse. Judges. You're worse. You're worse than the Premier League referees. Uh, yeah, uh, coming I? on, coming on Sky yeah. Sports News, backing their guy. <laughs> Fucking the the Dermot Gallagher. I'll be putting on an English accent next. And all, so yeah. Um, right. Let's uh, move on to the UFC. Actually, before we we talk about the UFC quickly on John Jones. Um, so, if more details from the last podcast, we, we kind of both said we'll wait for the details to come out uh, before we, we make, you know, a proclamation about it. And I think details have come out. Um, there was a... Um, that phone call yeah, doesn't phone sound call. good for Jones. Yeah, yeah, it doesn't. It really doesn't. I th- and the details that came out, I was still unsure, but then the phone call, phone, phone call came out and... It sounded really bad because, like, Jones's uh, fiance, I believe it is, came to like the front desk and she refused to go back to her room. And they rang, you know, this, the 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 receptionist person or whoever might have been called in uh, the Las Vegas PD and said, you know, she's bleeding from her nose and mouth and everything like that. And like domestic violence cases like that, um, alleged cases like that, I have to say, um, are very bad, you know. And especially when it's, especially when it's so in the public kind of and especially when the police get involved and the american police especially because when the american police get involved they, we, you know we end up hearing and seeing everything you know uh, and things like this always come out so for jones look he put up the video of himself and his and his fiance kissing on on instagram and i look it's it's hard to know exactly what happened but for john jones it look it just seems like it's it's never going to end. And the problem, I think, with Dana White as well, looking at it, he's like, oh, we brought John Jones here and we kind of expected it to happen. Um, then why bring him there, you know? Then why why do it? Then why imply John Jones still? And look, you could say the same about other people and other incidents with, with other big fighters that we, we all know. Um, but I, I don't know. It's just... <laughs> Which it's weird, one of those weird situations. We talked about this maybe two or three years ago with John Jones, and we're like, every situation that pops up now, it's almost less than the one before because we just expect it from him. And that's not right either. And it's not right for Jones and it's not right for anyone else, you know? Um and this this one it just like headbutting police cars and everything as well. It, I don't know. I don't know. It's just I don't like it. And especially from a, a representative of you know, of the sport and everything. And our sport is can look bad enough at times, and you know people like that make it look even worse. But I don't know what, what was your take on the whole situation. It's it's just hard with John Jones to put, you know, to put the fucking effort into it because you're just expecting it from him, and you expect it's going to happen again, and you expect something worse is going to happen. I don't know what what was what was your thoughts on it. Yeah, as as I said last week when we kind of touched on it, it, it becomes, you know, the first couple of times it happened, it was huge news. It was, you know, outside of MMA. People were like, oh, did you see this? Now it's just like, oh, that's John Jones being John Jones. But, you know, if, if you know, if there was domestic uh, violence involved, that's kind of, you know, people look kind of a little bit worse on that than maybe, or look uh, at you less favorably having, having been accused of that than they do of you know maybe other things that John Jones has done and you know uh, uh, for the UFC I understand why they don't cut him you know he'd be big money for for other promotions and you know uh, it's 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 kind of uh, you know in 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 a soccer club for Man United if something just kept happening they'd, they'd probably you know sell the guy or 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 sack the guy but. <laughs> 
for for the UFC, John Jones is one of their biggest draws. You know, I mean, he may not be touching like Habib numbers or Conor numbers, but he's he's up there as one of their biggest stars. And you know, it's a business at the end of the day. And as long as they're not kind of forced to to release them, they're not going to do it. And you know, it, you know, John Jones. Uh, it's kind of it was said when John Jones came along that the only person who's going to beat John Jones is John Jones, and he's he's kind of done that, you know. It's 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 sad in a way how kind of yeah. you know um, disheveled his life is, and how he can't get his head on straight, and how he keeps doing these these stupid things. If you know if this is uh if this has happened uh, the way it's been reported, which we don't know yet, obviously. But it doesn't look good at all, and it's just it's just a really you know domestic violence is a terrible thing to be accused of. But you know uh, if if it is true, it's 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 really it's really a terrible thing. And I think you know uh, if there was any you know John Jones fans left, there there isn't many now. Yeah, indeed, indeed. Um, yeah, look, we'll we'll talk about it more. You know, it's, hard, more. it's hard to talk about when you don't really, yeah, you know, when you can't really say anything for sure. Yeah. Like we've heard, we've we've seen in the past. Like you've everybody's watched documentaries where you see the police evidence looks like somebody's done something and they didn't to do with it. But like with John Jones, the previous is well. there as well. Like so, people are going to be inclined to believe it. But until we actually have hard evidence or a conviction or whatever, it's and I feel it's very hard. To I feel I feel bad from both sides of it. Like because if if we come out here and say, oh, you know, John Jones did this and he did that, I mean, look, maybe he didn't. Or didn't we come out and say John Jones? You know, did he didn't do that? Give him the give him a break. And and he did do it. Didn't we look bad as well from that side? So it's. I don't know what the right thing to say. Like we we are here covering fucking MMA. We're not, you know, we're not crime reporters. I, I just it's always with these yeah, sorts of situations. I'm no legal expert, but no, it's, it's just it's tough to know what to say and what to do. But look, hopefully, hopefully, look. I think everyone probably hopes it's not as bad for for the sake of his fiance and for the sake of John Jones and for the sake of everyone. I hope it's not as bad as it looks. But it, you know, it looks bad. But look, we'll we'll move on and we'll we'll leave it at that. Um. Let's talk about the UFC from last night, and I want to get to the no contest first because that was the the biggest thing for me, and I I disagreed with it, and I got eight online. No, everyone disagreed with me, so maybe I'm wrong. Look, I'll hold my hands up if I am. What what did you think of this whole situation with the uh, the uh, I, they have it here in topology? Accidental headbutt. It wasn't a headbutt. It was a clash of heads, which both guys got hit with. Kevin Holland obviously came out of it worse. Um, well, one one guy's head hit the other guy's chin, so. Yeah. Yeah. And he got, he fell for it. I thought it was the right decision to, I thought the right, like once the, it would have been the right decision to stop it then. Yeah. I think. But once that had gone on, I think once they'd kind of looked at the replays and chatted, I, I think you couldn't really give the, the victory against, or the victory to Dawkins and against, uh, you know, it's a really so, tough one. It really, it really is. Yeah. But, you know, it's messy and, and all that, but I think you know once the mistake had been made to kind of let the fight continue, then I think you know well, everything like, that uh, everything that every oh, everything that led to the finish came from him being flash KO'd like by a head yeah, by how, a clash of heads. We've seen that in fights before, like, and they, I think this is a weird precedent to set, and it's P R E C E D N D. No, no, however he's but I spelled it wrong on Twitter last night because. How many fights do we change, like, going forward, if, if this is the case? Like, because this, this was one of those ones, right? If it's a direct result I, I, well, of I some guy think, being flash KO'd. Yeah, like. I, I don't think it was direct. I, I Like, I think he got flash KO'd, 
as Dan Murgliata said, he saw him getting back up, so he didn't step in. The fight went on for how many? How long? Maybe another minute, forty-five seconds, something like that. And then he well, got, while he was was fighting off being finished, yeah, he was like, right, you so, know, didn't really know what was going on. Probably, okay. you know what I mean? You, yeah. You, like, last uh, week, last week, Brian Ortega got a headbutt. He came out the worst of it. It was accidental, the same as this. Got a bad cut and went on and lost the fight. Should that be a no contest? That changed the rest of the fight. No, no, because it didn't directly lead, like, you know, Neither it was a, yeah, yeah, it did directly lead to the finish. I don't, what's the difference? Like, it affected the he, rest he of was, the fight. He was defending being finished from the second it happened. I, I don't necessarily agree with fight. that. I don't necessarily agree with that. I think it went down a little bit and then he ended up getting choked. Like, I, I think it's a but weird precedent to set. Defending being finished the whole time until he was finished, no? I don't know. I, it's weird because something in in fights like this right it happens all the time someone gets kicked in the dick it's a bad one and then he just says no i'm fine let's fight on so, so like, what if, what if he just immediately immediately says uh like gives up or immediately gets submitted the second afterwards then is it a no contest in your opinion probably yeah so he should just give up immediately even though he doesn't know what's going on he no. he doesn't he probably doesn't know he's been headbutted he but he, he he'd be better off just tapping a, on the ground it was an accidental thing and the fight went on. If the fight, if it was an accidental thing, right, and he got knocked out clean and then stepped in to stop it, I wouldn't like that to be seen given as a KO. I would like to see that be given as a no contest. That's not what happened. The fight went on. The, the fight went on for another minute, and that minute now no longer exists because it's we've gone back in time in a in a, in a fucking uh, time machine. It's and now VAR. it's no contest. It's VAR. I hate VAR. I fucking hate I I just... There's such a bad taste in my mouth after that. I don't like this at all. It, the fight went on. This is VAR, VAR uh, creeping into your thinking. <laughs> <laughs> but like, wh what about a fight, right, where the, if this happens, there's a, a dick kick, right? The fighter says, no, 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 let's fight on. And then 30 seconds later, he gets submitted. Should that be a no contest? Well, the, the fighter did, the fighter didn't have the chance to call to the ref. He, like, Kevin you know, Holland got up and kept fighting. I know, but he didn't know. He'd just been flash KO'd. He probably didn't know he'd been hit with a head. He didn't know what was going on. Like, yeah, you know what I mean? Fair he, enough. But like in that situation, is it not the referee's job to come in and stop it? Why should Kyle, Kyle yeah, Dawkins no, have said the, the ref? The ref, the ref should have stopped it. Yeah, but why, like, why should Kyle Dawkins lose a win because of the referee? And like they said afterwards, outside as well, the, the, the scene outside because, afterwards because he, he KO'd the guy with his forehead. Like, yeah, but it, I mean? it was accidental. Like if Kyle Dawkins had got submitted by Kevin Holland thirty seconds, well, if somebody later, gets accidentally soccer kicked, if somebody gets accidentally soccer kicked in the face, is it just like that's all right? Like, well, if they are able to keep fighting and able to keep going in the fight's going to go on if they get ko well, then it's be no contest str struggle to struggle to being finished in the net like within a minute like where they're basically defending yeah, themselves from being finished soccer all kick time. is different because soccer kick is an illegal strike this wasn't an illegal strike this was an act accidental strike you know no but if it's an accidental soccer kick <laughs> i don't know what if he tries to soccer <laughs> kick him in the shoulder and the guy moves yeah. and he soccer kicks him in the well, face that's illegal because if you move then they're allowed to kick it but anyway but it's illegal to headbutt somebody as well, though. No? He didn't headbutt him. It was a head clash of heads. Well, he did. He, he accidentally headbutted him. He headbutted him. He didn't clash with his head. He clashed with his chin. But they both clashed with each other. What if Kevin Holland had got up and KO'd Kyle Dawkins? Then would have been a no contest as well. Um, if he had got up and it KO'd him, it wouldn't. It wouldn't have been a no, no contest. No, it wouldn't have, it wouldn't have been. No, because it's bullshit. Because the, the accidental headbutt wouldn't have led directly to but, the finish. But what? Yeah, but no. But what is a no contest? A no contest is something happened egregious at, not egregious but you know what I mean something crazy happened at this time we need to stop the fight it can't go on 
if it, if it can't go on and Kevin Holland knocks out a guy, then it can fucking go on, can't it? Kevin Holland could have knocked him out. He just didn't. It just came out the wrong way well, around. No, he, because he was basically finished the whole time and he was in survival mode. He didn't know, probably yeah. didn't know what was going on. I don't know. He just been, he just fell on his face from being headbutted in the chin. Yeah, maybe. Look, and maybe I'm wrong, and I, I I I don't know. I just it just feels wrong to me. And maybe and we look a few things past this. We need to get this sorted. You know, there needs to be something put in here. And I thought. What happened afterwards with the referees and the officials and everything like that was scandalous altogether. Herb Dean was like, this is something we need to look at in the future, maybe not for now. So it acted like he was going to give it to, to Kyle Dawkins. Then Dan Morgliotta was like, oh, if I'd have seen it, I probably would have stopped it. But Kevin Holland got back up, meaning it absolutely should have been carried on and given as a um, a submission win for Kyle Dawkins. But then he was like, oh, well, look, I didn't see it. It, it was worse than I thought. Let's go back. Like Dan Morgliotta himself basically said in that situation that it should it should have been kept on and and this result should have stood but anyway that so that was a shit shot whether you agree with me or whether you agree with you're listening to this and you agree with graham and look if you disagree with me i have absolutely no problem with that i'm probably wrong here but sean shelby and mark ratton are standing around talking to all the independent officials outside afterwards was absolutely scandalous. Why the fuck? And Mark Ratner, fair enough, because that's kind of his job to liaise with him. But Sean Shelby is the matchmaker. He is absolutely zero business whatsoever being involved in this, those situations. It'd be the same as fucking, you know, we, we were talking about Graham Boylan earlier on. It'd be the same as him or Ian Dean going up to, you know, Mark Goddard after a fight and going, here, you know, this guy won or whatever. I did not like that one bit whatsoever. So, uh, yeah, that would be... Um, that would be my biggest issue with that. Oh, so, so, how much money did you lose in Dawkins? <laughs> but you don't lose any money because it's uh, when it's no contest. You just get how much did you not win? <laughs> I, 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 I fucking had an accumulator last night, right? And uh, I would have won eighty-five quid. And if Johnny Walker had won by decision and fucking lost by one round, but we'll, we'll get to that anyway. Uh, let me just run, quickly run through the undercard before we get to the main event because we haven't much time left. Uh, Alex Perez, Edgar, Andrade, all won. On the undercard, Jamie Malarkey. What a comeback that was against uh, against uh, Devante Smith. Lose badly in the first round. I thought he was going to get destroyed. And then he comes back and gets the, the TKO. And uh, that uh, Andrade knockout as well. What a fucking KO. Absolutely timbered Perello. So beautiful Black knockout. Books, yeah, nice. yeah, lovely. Uh, Carol Rosa. I thought she took it a bit easy on Betch Cohea's uh, retirement fight. And I'm looking forward to seeing Betch's next one. That should be fun. Casey O'Neill. We don't, haven't talked time to talk about her today. But this uh, lady ain't no... What a prospect. And, you know, I said this won't be the last if Shinkoshi fights. And everyone was saying, oh, it'll be the last one she beats. Uh, yeah, probably. But maybe not. If there was one person I would say in two years' time who will give Valentina Shevchenko, uh, you know, her money's worth, it would be Casey O'Neill. She is the one. She is very, yeah, very good. There's, and no rush. there's no rush. You know, yeah. she just turned pro in 2019. You know what I mean? Mm -hmm. she's, she's new she's in this game. And there's no rush to get her there. But if you give her some of the right fights... And you know, separate gradually, you know, like they like they have been doing. Um, she seems to be just running through everybody, so it'd be easily to kind of it'd be easy to kind of you know catapult her up there a bit. But if they keep her on this the kind of slow and steady roll, I think she'd be a, a very good prospect for the future. Yeah, she's a very very good fighter, and just because Shashinko is so good, don't write off good new people coming into that division. Don't do it because Aldo was very good too, and do you know who was behind him, McGregor, and do you know who was behind him, Holloway, and do you know who was behind him, Volkanovski, and there's someone else probably coming as well. And the same could be said for Anderson Silva with Chris Weidman and you know Israel Adesanya and everyone else. You know, so 
uh, MMA can change very quickly and maybe it's not Casey O'Neill maybe it's someone else but there's no need to write everyone off either so yeah uh, Jared Garden Joe Selecki not a great fight split decision bit of wrestling and stuff like that who cares Alexander Hernandez beautiful overhand right knockout Oof, yeah this, Alexander Hernandez one of these guys come in here and look like a fucking world beater at times and then at other times he doesn't but uh, a very very good win here over Mike Breed and I think he was the biggest favourite in the card uh, so he did that uh, Christoph Jacko got a split decision over Misha Sarkanov. I thought he won, it, won that fight. I thought uh, he fought well um, and, a, and a good performance for him. They said, did they say he was 42 years of age, Christoph Jacko? I couldn't believe that. I, I didn't know he was that old. Is he that old? No, no, it's 32. They said in the commentary he was 42. I was like, that can't be fucking right. So, yeah, he's 32. That makes more sense. Then uh, Nico Price versus Alex Oliveira. Um, a good win for, for Nico Price. I had him, now this is one of my bets, and I had him in the accumulator as well. 4-1 uh, to one to win by decision. What a fucking price that was. I thought that was brilliant. Yeah, I picked um, I picked everything, actually. All my picks were exactly correct. Uh, yeah. Method and uh, everything and round, except for the Cole Dawkins, Kevin Holland. Ah, you should have got that one. No right, yeah, yeah. So, <laughs> did you, it, did yeah. you have submission <laughs> on the first? Yeah. Huh? <laughs> yeah, I didn't pick that one. <laughs> uh, sure, look at But, uh, yeah, good performance from uh, from Nico Price as well. And then, obviously, the, the core main event, which we saw about. The main event in Johnny Walker versus Thiago Santos. Um, I thought it was the first for Walker the second for Santos the third for Santos the fourth for Walker and the fifth for Santos and I think everyone kind of yeah. added that way you know I think that one big punch kind of towards the end of the or maybe toward the middle towards the end yeah. of the, the fifth round was what, what, what one of it was such one a close fight you know that, that basically won the fight and Johnny Walker did try to throw a couple of bigger strikes to trying to maybe gain that back but you know he, he, he did go out there trying to you know point fight and not be the kind of crazy guy that maybe he made his name name as in the UFC and you know I think uh, it was a tough fight for him you know Thiago Santos is, is a very good fighter he's obviously had some injuries and stuff but uh, he, he's a very dangerous guy and if you do leave yourself exposed he, he will catch you and he, he does throw heavy so you know it was I think it was a good game plan by Johnny Walker he just he just you know it's a game of inches or it's a, it's a game of these tiny things and I think one strike turned turned around and and yeah I agree he won 48-47 for Santos yeah I think with Johnny Walker it's one of those things we see often in MMA where a fighter needs to find a happy medium you know we need a bit of Irish Johnny Walker and we need a bit of Brazilian Johnny Walker together and then we'd have a very very good fighter but I, I, did, I thought it was much improved by Walker I thought Santos was much improved from his last fight as well but and but I'll say it again MMA when two people fight a very tactical technically good fight it can be boring as fuck you know, it really can be. And this, I wouldn't say this one was boring as fuck, but for a lot of people it was. For me, it wasn't, because I was, I thought it was kind of edge of the sea. And it was, you know, you had to watch this intently as well when you're talking about who's going to win it. And, and with main events, for me, it, it Yeah, the rounds was, were all on an edge. Like, it yeah. was all, you, you couldn't look away or you you, you wouldn't know who's, who, who won the round. Yeah, 100%. And um, I, I, look, I thought Johnny Walker... As I mentioned, if he could put a little bit of a madness with this, I think he'd be very good. Some people are criticizing John Kavanaugh uh, for his uh, his corner work between the after the third and after the fourth. I thought after the third, going into the fourth was definitely a bit odd. He was like Johnny Walker was down two rounds to one. He was kind of saying, just point fight with him, just kind of pick him off here. And it's like, okay, that's obviously the way they wanted Johnny Walker to fight, so it's understandable. But and he did manage to win the round but if he didn't I think that would have looked very bad because that's the round you need to secure you know if you lose that fourth the fight is over basically uh, and you need or you need a, f a finish in the fifth and it felt like they didn't kind of see that situation in the corner which is not great but he it didn't matter in the end he won that and in the fifth again 
Like it, it feels like if Johnny Walker had upped the pace a little bit in the last two rounds, maybe he wouldn't have got a finish, but I think he could have won the fight. He just didn't do that enough. And Santos did, as you mentioned, he landed that big right hand and that was enough to take it. You know, he landed a couple of shots after that as well. And the body kicks early in the fight were very good as well. Um, but yeah, Johnny Walker fought at, at, you know, third gear for the whole fight and you know Santos maybe fought in second gear for a bit of it but he also fought in fourth gear for a bit of it maybe and, and John, Johnny Walker also I think he'd never been five rounds before as well and Santos had so that's another thing that's kind of you know uh, maybe pacing himself maybe a bit too much maybe he could have he could have let more go uh, in the end but you know it, it's easy to be the, the general after the battle as you say if, if the, you know if he lands a big punch instead of Santos landing a big punch, he wins the, the fight and it's, you know, the biggest win of his career, so. Yeah, indeed, indeed. Uh, and let's just quickly touch on next week's card. It's not the best card in the world, uh, to be honest. Uh, Marina Rodriguez versus Mackenzie Dern. Uh, in, that's a tough fight to call, you know, that's a, a, fight, yeah. that's a good fight. A good fight yeah, you know, uh, Dern's obviously had a lot of, uh, kind of, a lot of fanfare all along and um, she's been kind of, you know, had some problems with making weight and stuff. She seems to have gotten over most of that anyway, so hopefully she She's gotten over that here. Her her submission game is obviously um, you know uh, on another level, but to, to most girls. But you know, Marina Rodriguez is a very very tough fight for anybody, and you know, I could see this fight going either way. You know, if 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 Dern. If Darren can't get an early, an early submission, it, it could be Marina Rodriguez's fight. Yeah, and I'd be very interested as well. You know, uh, Mackenzie Darren definitely has her weight cutting, you know, down to a point now, it seems. But she, she's still pretty big for that division. And going five rounds, if it does go there, uh, it'll be interesting to see how she copes with that. So, yeah, I'm looking forward. And it's a big learning fight as well for Mackenzie Darren here. So, uh, we will we will see 11-1 and one in her career. She's not too far away from the title shot if she wins this. And the same could be said for, for Rodriguez, what, 14-1-2 and two as well. So, a big fight for that division and it's kind of cool to see him in the main event here look it's I don't think there's a fight maybe that stands out to be the main event and this is probably yeah so they, I think they deserve it I think there was something else supposed to be in the main event was there maybe not but you know this is a a good fight anyway and uh, under it you know you've uh, Randy Brown Jared Gooden a lot, uh, there's lots of fights in this right but I, which I think could be good fights but maybe you know none, none of the jeopardy or none of the kind of the names on it Tim Elliott versus Nicolau good fight uh, Agapova Mazo Phil Hawes versus Darren Wynn, you know, the two kind of prospects, the, the John Jones prospect and the Darren, da, Daniel Cormier prospect coming to, together. I, I don't think Phil Hawes trains at Jackson's anymore, but you get you kind of get the point. And I think uh, I think Phil Hawes will win that, but uh, that, should be a, that should be a fun fight. Um, there's a couple more fights on as well. Uh, Jamie Pickett against uh, Strapoli, 14-0. Alexander Romanoff uh, at heavyweight against uh, Jared Vandera. Uh, Charles Rosa is always fun. I love a Charles Rosa fight. Uh, so he's on this card as well. And uh, yeah, there's a, a couple more things as well. So yeah, tune in and, and see that one. And uh, yeah, that's the only kind of big event coming next week. There's a contender series on what there's a Tuesday and one the Tuesday after as well. And uh, yeah, looking at typology anyway, there's no uh, there's no other big events, but maybe, I'm sure there's KSW coming up as well with uh, Bombardier against uh, against uh, Pujanowski, so that should be fun as fuck. So I'm looking forward to seeing that uh, that happening when it when it does happen. So yeah, um, right, we will leave it at that. Um, 
Um, thanks to everybody for listening. Patreon.com forward slash Severe Podcast. Sign up right now. Start of the month. We're going to have loads of stuff. Graham has some very cool stuff coming up. Uh, me and Harry have a podcast coming up this Tuesday. And I'll have the Q&A as well. We haven't many questions in yet. So if you have questions, throw it in. I'll be recording Monday evening. Uh, so let us know. And all that's left to do is get the inspirational quote of the week from Graham McDonald. Graham, take it away. Yeah, you should have told me before because I don't have anything. <laughs> Come on, make one up. Come on, get get a Morrissey oh, line there or something. Come on, a Morrissey line. Uh, oh god, um, this is not inspirational at all. None of Morrissey's lines are inspirational. So, <laughs> okay, I wear black on the outside because black is how I feel on the inside. <laughs> with with Sunday, Tuesday, Morrissey. Probably Sunday. Good luck.